What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 114 of the Tatiana Harness podcast. Okay, everybody, so today I have a special guest here with me. Would you like to introduce yourself before I get started into some questions? Yes, this is uh, George Courtney, and I'm with GC3 Hoops. I am, what I do is I do media as well as uh, player evaluations and scouting services. So I help student athletes um, get marketed and promoted to prospective college coaches. And also with, um, I work with JUCO as well to help them find um, four-year schools. That's awesome. So can you give me a little bit of your backstory, like what led you to where you are today? So it's kind of interesting because I was born and raised in Hawaii. So when I got out of high school, um, I kind of didn't know which career path to take. So um, because I was in the, you know, two things really when I was in high school, which was skill trade, which uh, I would uh, fix and repair cars. Mm-hmm. And um, the other was I was actually really big in media. I was part of my uh, high schools. Uh, we had a, a, a news team. So we would do I did. I ended up getting an, an internship while I was in high school, um, just covering local sports um, events when I wasn't playing. So normally it would be in like the fall and the spring because, you know, I played basketball and during the spring I did track. So I was able to, um, there was a lot more flexibility in the scheduling, but, um, and then, you know, really doing that. But the first path I took was, uh, moving to Arizona and I went to a trade school here and, um, kind of got my start in my first career. And I was a diesel mechanic for about eight years. And, um, during that time, I kind of was going through a hard time with uh, with the recession, and there were some jobs that were cut down in the area where I was living at. So I decided to kind of get back into basketball with coaching, and the coach I was uh, coaching under uh, recommended me to, to get into education because I he said I worked really well with students, and he thought that I would be a great fit to be a teacher. So fast forward, I ended up uh, going back to school to finish my undergrad and my grad degree and became a teacher because uh, teaching allowed me to coach. But at this point, I started noticing how hard it was to, to commit to coaching because of my personal family life. So. You know, I have two little ones myself. My daughter's 12, my son's 10. So wanting to still be a part of the game and being around basketball, um, another friend of mine recommended me to start uh, scouting and doing player evaluations under uh, Arizona Preps and Anthony Ray. And uh, I first got my start about four years ago. Um, I started on the boy side, but... Um, you know, Anthony sat me down is like, Hey, I need some help doing evaluations on the girl side because nobody's really getting those, uh, those young ladies any, uh, covered. So here I am now, four years later. <laughs> That's awesome. That's actually a lot building up into one thing though, starting off with like, um, in your basketball, I guess I'd say like journey with coaching and everything. 
Um, how has being a coach like helped you be an evaluator and a scouter for like um, what you do now? Well, while I was an assistant in my first you know few stops of coaching, I had to break film down and I had to evaluate. I had to evaluate you know the opponents as well as you know breaking down our film and practice sessions. So. You know, being a coach, you know, a player and a coach, it definitely has helped me. And uh, I had a, besides the, the coaching aspect, I just had some really great mentors along the way who really helped me di- different, you know, uh, see the difference between, you know, your Division One players and, uh, you know, your smaller college players. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, one of my next questions that I have is because I know you also have your own podcast as well, right? That you do on like Twitter, um, Twitter lives. I know you did one with my coach, coach Eric Gray as well. And so I listened into that one. Um, what was the purpose for starting your podcast? Well, I, you know, I sat down and I kind of looked at what, what on the boys side what people were doing and what people on my side you know covering you know girls and women's basketball wasn't doing and you know I took you know I decided to hey let's just go and let's get this thing going as a way to utilize my platform to promote and 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 market you know the great things that's going on in the community um you know, it's open to any, you know, high school or junior college coach here in Arizona. And I just want to bring awareness and, you know, uh, promote what these coaches are doing and what their student athletes are doing. And, uh, you know, as a, it, again, everything's about promoting and, and, uh, trying to help bring awareness to, you know, these hardworking student athletes and, and the coaches as well. Yeah, I completely agree with you because that's something similar to what I'm doing with my podcast. Um, I'm trying to bring awareness to like women's basketball in general, in which that's something I'm obviously very familiar with since I do play. And so I just feel like it doesn't get enough attention in general and especially like women's college basketball as well. But even high school, I need to get a little bit more into that um, for girls high school basketball as well. It's awesome. I really enjoy that you're doing this and anything I can help to promote it as well. You know, I'm all about helping people and, and, uh, you know, cause at one point I was that kid long, long ago that had all these dreams and aspirations. And, you know, back when I played, it was a lot different. So we didn't have a lot of these avenues to in platforms to promote. So, you know, I had to kind of navigate the recruiting process, you know, by myself and kind of not knowing. But, um, you know, from all those, situ- you know, things that I've done as a student athlete to as a coach, you know, trying to help place, you know, get kids off the, the board and um, and going through the recruiting process with some of the other kids I've helped out. It, uh, you know, I want to utilize that experience and help people because, you uh, it's a big question. I mean, there's still a lot of, you know, people don't really understand what it really takes to, you know, 
to get to the next level, um, even if you have all the talent, it's uh, having the right team in your corner to help get you out there. Yeah, definitely. That's something my dad preaches to me all the time. Um, so the next question that I have for you is throughout, oh, this is kind of getting into your job and a little bit of what you do now throughout the high school season. Obviously I know you work under a little bit under like Anthony and everything, but did you choose which games you went to go and scout for the high throughout the high school season? So that was kind of a challenge. Um, (laughs) you know, this year I started to try to do the game of the week. And, like, my approach is, and I'm not throwing shade at anybody, but I try to, like, spread out to where I'm trying to cover teams that normally do not get a lot of coverage. And I really like trying to to really look and find kids that are not being, you know, talked about or evaluated. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, I'm trying to build the database to, you know, my my college coach following to, hey, you know, besides, you know, not everybody's going to go to a power five, but I have a bunch of other kids who are very talented. And uh, that's what I really love about my job in trying to pick out games is I'm going to just you know, throw a dart pretty much on the on the map and okay, here are the five schools that are where the dart landed. Let me try to try to do it that way. And uh, you know, I think uh, you know, my the way I'm picking games, it's a I'm I'm building it as I'm run as as I'm driving this thing. So next year I, you know, I'm looking back and see what worked and what didn't work. And um you know, I'm all, I'm also building the staff to to help me go to some of these games because I'm actually my regular job. I work in the East Valley and I lived in Southeast Queen Creek, so mm. sometimes it can be a challenge to try to get all the way out in Northern Arizona or yeah. far east in Arizona or on the West Valley. You know, do do all the traffic. So, you know, I'm trying to figure out ways to how you know to provide that coverage, you know, uh, through some of the staff that I'm, I'm, I'm assembling. And, uh, you know, for me, there's a, I, I enjoy all big school, small school. I, I just enjoy basketball. So, you know, any, any teams that I can go and watch, no matter if it's small or big, if it's, if it, you know, I kind of look at the record from last season and I kind of look at, you know, hey, how are they going this season to, to throw, you know, hey, I'm going to go in and check out that game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I was, that was kind of leading into my next question. I was going to ask if there's two places you want to be at the same time, how do you choose which one to go to? Because there's no way that hasn't happened to you this season yet. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I, that is like, this year it was kind of interesting because earlier in the season, I went to watch uh, Seton Catholic and Flagstaff, which was at Seton Catholic. Uh-huh. The nice thing was the game started earlier because I think one of the lower level games got canceled. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing with it was, as soon as I got what I needed, the photos and and you know the information I needed from that game, I jumped in my car and drove 
East back to, to hit Perry and Pinnacle. Oh, and that yeah. that was a really good game, too. So I got in there at kind of like the – about a quarter way into the first quarter. So about, you know, three, four minutes into the game, I was able to show up. And, you know, that was really fun. But definitely I was completely exhausted the following day from, you know, running around and then going back to work the following day. But it was really – you know, that's how I dealt with that this season. But, yeah, when it comes down to it, to be honest, I kind of I'll, – I'll, I'll make sheets, you know, and I'll I'll cut up pieces of paper with the games on it <laughs> and put it in my head and I'll shake it around. And the one I pull is, okay, that's the game I'm going to. That's so normally funny. I, I – the first half of the season, I was really good with it. I was able to kind of plan my games of the week – and then once the second half of the season began, the holiday season really killed me. Mm. I was so busy, you know, trying to balance family and going to the tournaments, the invitational tournaments that um, I was like, oh, okay, I kept thinking in my head, I'm going to, you know, align my second half of the season. And it, it didn't work out. And I just tried to try to do what I could that second half of the season. So, um yeah, it's definitely a challenge, and what I learned from my mistakes and what worked this past season to where next season I, I'm pretty sure I can, I can get it running a lot smoother. Yeah, definitely. How do you realize, like, without um, I don't I don't know how to ex- explain this, but like, how do you hold yourself accountable to be able to change like the mistakes that you make going into um, next season? Um, like recognizing your mistakes and being able to change them. So I'm really blessed. I have a small staff that's that's behind the scenes. And, you know, I have a graphic guy, which is Jason Fliegel, Fleezy Designs. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my, my main video guys I work really close with is Overtime Jimmy. And then my actual staff would be Jesse Mejia, Brando Hernandez, and Chris Hurst. And what we do is they kind of help by seeing what I do, seeing my, you know, they, they're my best. I guess they're, they're the ones that hold me accountable. You know, even though I'm the main guy kind of overseeing what they do. Yeah. You know, we have that relationship to where I, I, I show them what's going on and I tell them, Hey, coach me up on what you think. Um, you know, is this working? And, and if it's something that, let's say, didn't work and they kind of don't know how to recommend I fix it, I actually have mentors who are still working in, in different parts of media that I, can, that I can call and, you know, I can talk to them and, and they can, you know, kind of steer me in the right direction on how to fix it. Like, you know, Anthony, Ray and I, we have great conversations. He... Um, you know, he's one of my mentors that I kind of lean on. And uh, another guy is Dana Scott, who, who works mm-hmm. for the Arizona Republic. You know, Dana is, is fantastic. And, and I love talking to him and picking his brain on things because he, uh, you know, I think that, you know, with all of us, we kind of, you know, help each other and kind of pick each other's brains and ideas and kind of share on what, what worked and what didn't work. 
you know, another person I can consider a mentor is uh, Cameo Williams with Mr. Gems in the Gym, you know, out in the Northern California area. Yeah. He does a really great job with just his scouting reports to how he utilizes his media platforms um, to engage and engage his following. So um, he's another guy that, that, you know, I have a great relationship with. And, you know, these guys, you know, I'm very grateful to have them in my corner. And, you know, they're kind of helping me, you know, uh, shape who I am as far as in the media and in the scouting industry. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I'm learning myself as well, because I have an amazing team around me, um, my family and then my trainers. And then obviously there's like mentors that I have who I look up to. And I know that there's times because um, I'm lucky enough to have my dad as a coach as well. And he's coached me forever, like as long as I can imagine, as long as I've been playing. And so it's really nice to always have him there, like on the sidelines, being able to help me because sometimes he sees stuff that I don't. And then at the other side, there's also times where my adrenaline's going, we're in the game and in the moment and get frustrated or whatever. (laughs) Um, So it's hard to listen sometimes. But overall, I just think like having a team around you is so important, especially to push me and to help me get to where I get to. And obviously it's like two different sides. You have a team on your side as like an – evaluator and overseeing like players and everything and then I also have my own team as being like my own player as well so I just think it's awesome how um we can connect in that sort of way well for you I really tip my hat towards you because having dad as coach is tough (laughs) it it can be tough sometimes for sure it's tough, you know, and that's another, you know, I tip my head towards him too because that's not easy. And, you know, my son, he plays different sports, but uh, I can't coach him because I still don't feel like he can separate dad and coach. <laughs> yeah. So I just, uh, I'm just dad. I just kind of, you know, I'm kind of letting him uh, blaze his own trail in his sports career and um you know that's what mom was worried about was you know are you going to relive your you know your playing career through ours i said no it, you know and she was surprised to see me you know at a few games and i you know he you know my son talked to me you know, after the game what do you think dad i said i just asked him did you have fun yes <laughs> did yeah you, did you try your best did you work your hardest yes okay and that's it and that's just what it where it goes and then I'm waiting for him to letting him process it. And then a day later, hey, Dad, I don't think I did this well. What can I do to get better? And that's where, you know, okay, this is what I think you should do. And um, this is what you need to get with your coach on this to, you know, uh, see what they want in their system. And, and that's it. And I, you know, um, mom was worried that I would be, you know, that overbearing dad and, and after the coach, and I said, oh, yeah. well, you know, because she saw my coaching side, and I'm, I'm pretty uh, passionate and fiery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Definitely. Yeah, and that's something, my last thing on this, that, that my dad does, like, so well. He separates being um, my dad and being my coach so well, and that's something that I've learned over time as well is how to separate that, um, I guess I'd say that barrier and I, it's just awesome having him as my coach. I love it so much. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, one of my next questions that I have for you is um, what are your future goals and like where do you want to end up with what you're doing? And I would assume you want to continue to do this because you seem pretty passionate about it. So what, do you, what is your ultimate goal with doing it? Uh, my ultimate goal is to, I guess, make a difference. Um, make a positive difference in, in helping, you know, student athletes, you know, achieve their dreams and goals. Like, you know, I had a young lady that I helped with her recruitment process and she's going to a big power five school and you know she's asked me George how do I ever repay you and I <laughs> looked at her I said you show me that you get that diploma you get your, you get that degree paid for I go that is my ultimate you know that'd be enough payment and she's like no you don't understand I think you know, you were one of the few to really get behind and believe in me. And I said, well, you know, I was that kid. Remember, I was in your shoes, you know, and I can relate to that. And, um, you know, she she kept pushing. How did I ever repay you? I said, you know what? You pay it forward. So I told her, after you're done playing or even while you're playing, do come back. Come back. You know, I do run a few events. Mm-hmm. and come back and talk to the kids, be a guest speaker. And that's all. I said, um, I don't I don't want any your you know, any money or anything. Like we're we're good. You know, I just wanted to help you out and and uh you know, now just to pay me back, just the main thing is it's not gonna be easy, but stay the course. Go and, and, and get your, your you know, play at the next level and get your degree paid for and, and finish it. Don't, you know, don't stop no matter how hard it gets. And um, so that's my ultimate goal is to have, you know, more stories like like that to just help kids and um, get them to the next level and, and, and see them become, you know, productive members of society and uh, being able to give back and help the next generation coming up. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. I love that story. I love that you've like done that too because it's hard to find people out there that actually like do stuff like that nowadays. And so I just think that's so awesome and super inspiring. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of it why I am the way I am is I had a lot of great coaches within my playing days who you know, I wasn't a I was not an easy athlete to coach. I was very <laughs> hard headed and there were times where some of my coaches that I've had could have just got rid of me and just said, no, you're done. I'm kicking off the team. But it was more to that. They, they pulled me in and they really coached me, not just as far as the, the game of, of basketball, but moreover in life. And, uh, I just feel like, you know, and it's the same thing I've had, you know, conversations with my coaches, like, how could I ever repay you back? And they just said, they just kind of giggled and said, pay it forward, help the next generation coming up and just uh, pass on everything that, that you learned from me towards your next, the next uh, student athletes coming up. That's amazing. Um, another question I have for you is, 
What do you value most when you're evaluating players? What's something that you look for? Like, what's your number one thing that you look for? The number one thing I'm looking for is attitude and body language. That's the first thing, you know, I look for because it's it's hard for me to get behind someone if they just, you know, they, even though they may have all the talent in the world, if they don't look coachable or they look like, you know, they're, they're more of an individual than a team player, that's hard. I've seen so many really talented kids just not get looks because they're just not a good teammate, not a good person. So, you know, I'm looking at, at body language and, you know, let's say they get taken out of the game to see, and I, I'll look on the bench and people don't mm-hmm. think that I'm looking, but I'm on my side, I'm looking to see, <laughs> Hey, what's, how is this student athlete, you know, behaving on the sideline? Are they pouting? That's the number one thing I really look for is his attitude and body language because, uh, you know, I've seen kids who are, uh, they're average, you know, they're average, maybe a slightly above average on their skill level, but their body language and attitude being coachable and just, you know, besides really looking in and getting to know the kid and asking them, you know, talking to their coaches and, they say, hey, this kid is just great, great student, never has any problems in with grades or, or behavior, and they're always committed. They're always working hard and putting in work. And uh, that's my number one thing, body language and attitude. Yeah, definitely. That's something that I've always been taught. No matter if you're playing, if no matter if you're struggling, you can't make anything. Number one, always go get it back on the other side of the court. <laughs> um, but exactly. yeah, that's, you know, I had a um, sorry to interrupt you. No, but you're fine. One of the things that I had a, and, and he was a, a colleague of mine that that also coached, and and we sat down one day, and we were just talking basketball, and he goes. George, you know what the most important play in basketball is? And that was like, to me, that was a really good question because I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, I have a pretty high basketball IQ, so I'm thinking like, like, oh, like, okay. He says, no, it's simple. It's the next play. And I said, you're right. Mm-hmm. You can make a mistake. Let's say you turn over the ball, but if the next play you go and you force a turnover and you get, you regain that possession. Yep. You know, that, that is critical that, you know, that could be huge. Cause let's say that, you know, depending on the game, let's say you're, you're, you're up by, by one and there's four seconds, you turn over the ball and, and they get a chance to, to get a look and then you force a turnover and you get the ball back with like one second that was a very critical, impactful play, which mm-hmm. was the next play, so. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, like I was saying, that's something I've always been taught. Always, like, no matter how bad you're struggling, get back to the, get back on it on the next play, and then also always have your head up. Like, always be positive and encouraging because the moment you show, like, any sort of negativity, like, the other side can sense it, and it's just going to get in your head even more. And so... Yes, there's times in the past where I've definitely gotten in my head, but over time I've gotten like a lot better at 
um, keeping my emotions in check and when I'm frustrated just think about like what I can do better on the next play so yeah that's something I feel like is also super important and and also being that teammate too like to be the role model in showing that it doesn't matter if you make a mistake if you go and get it back and always keeping your head up so that's two things that I always think are like super important in when we're playing and you'll get there because it comes with time Mm -hmm. you know and once you you know you experience it the more you play and you already play at a high level and and it, it just it shows you know regardless of you're only being you're only a freshman yeah thank right? you so that's you know you have intangibles and things that a lot of other kids your age do not have so you know just keep up that same energy and, and just keep working hard thank you i appreciate that um so another thing this is kind of this is now getting out of what you um what we've been talking about but um i don't see a ton of it but i have seen before like on your um, Twitter page that you, uh, it seems like you like the MMA a little bit too. Could you get into that? Yeah, so <laughs> a good friend of mine who also, he helps me with, you know, in the background, uh, with, with the girls basketball is, uh, you know, he is a, a retired MMA fighter and, and currently a coach and a trainer. And... Mm-hmm. He loves what I do with as far as with, with media. So he got me getting behind, you know, some of his up-and-coming fighters. Okay. And, uh, you know, I got Jordan Whiteland that, that I'm helping out. You know, he had his first main event fight last weekend. Unfortunately, he lost, you know, a decision. But, uh, you know, that's, you know, I just, I told him, I... I I like this sport. I'm a fight fan. I do like watching it. You know, I said, but I don't know much about it. And he says, no, you know how to, you know, build a following and build branding. So he's like, let's let's get you into doing this. And he's like, uh, you know, we can utilize the platform to, which the goal is in 2024 is to launch our first amateur event to give uh, these athletes a, uh, you know, it'd be a small fight card at a small venue, but an opportunity to, to, uh, you know, be seen and, and, and be recognized as, you know, one of the up and coming fighters here in the state. So mm-hmm. you know, that's what I'm slowly getting into. I, I'm kind of, I could say I dip my pinky toe in it. <laughs> um, I do have an Instagram page, which is G3MMA and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a working progress along with all my other projects, but uh, yeah. I think it might be something really fun to do um, here and in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Okay, I only have one more question for you today. So what advice would you give your 15-year-old self? This is something I always ask everybody because oh, everybody always God. says something different. <laughs> Uh, what advice would I give my 15-year-old self? Yeah. First thing is I would yell at my 15-year-old self and probably, um, you know, grab him, like, stop being so stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) I was a stubborn 15-year-old. And, um, you know, the other thing is, 
to work hard, you know, value hard work and don't take things for granted in life. Make the most of your opportunities. And I kind of felt that when I was 15, I overlooked it sometimes. And instead of being, you know, instead of being grateful for what I had, it was always like, I mean, I wasn't an ungrateful kid, but Mm -hmm. I was kind of, I took things for granted. And one of the most eye-opening things for me was going to summer school at a different high school. Mm. I took summer school to get rid of classes I didn't want to take during the year. Some of my uh, friends that went to the other high school thought that I was failing classes. And I said, no, I wasn't failing. You know, I just, I, I would rather take an elective in place of a core class, especially a core class that's like, world history was, was tough. <laughs> I had that my sophomore year. It, it's like something that, all my cousins who went to the same high school I went to would tell me world history. It's like grueling. It's like reading and writing intensive. Mm-hmm. And I think the part of it too is the teachers that we had at the school for world history were a little bit older and their teaching approach was different. It was like, yeah. really, like there wasn't a lot of engagement strategies like we have this day and age and uh it was really old school and just kind of like black and white and almost it was boring it was not exciting and that's and then the the assignments and the reading that we had to do was so oh it was just so rigorous but anyways i went to the another high school for my summer school because i thought it would be easier i went to a college prep high school so Mm. our curriculum was pretty rigorous yeah so going to a regular high school for summer school i like grenaded the you know the the teacher kind of looked at me and was like wow like i knocked out all the assignments i finished all the coursework with like three weeks left and i was asking the the teacher i'm like can you just let me not show up the three i got everything (laughs) done i can do the final and i know i'll get an a an a on it yeah. And she's like, no, you got to have your time legally. You have to, you know, you have to have to have the attendance. But I just remember going through lunch and the lunches weren't all, all as great. And like seeing the facilities weren't as great as the school I, you know, where I went to. So, and that was when I was 16. So it kind of, a year after, you know, I kind of, it started to hit me slowly, like, hey, you know, you, you know, even though the school you went to wasn't your first choice because you didn't have all your friends that went there, it was actually the better choice because academically it was better. There was a lot more things, a lot more opportunities that were off, that was offered to us. So, mm-hmm. you know, now I look back, being, you know, 20 year, 20 years later, I graduated in 2004, so, you know, I said 19 years ago. <laughs> I look back and I say, wow, you know, I'm really grateful for the school that I went to and really grateful for the experience because there was a lot of adversity I went through, and that adversity has kind of shaped me and made me tougher to, you know, 
handle some of the adversity I deal with in, in life as an adult. So, yeah, adversity, another one, another word, word of advice is adversity is, is, is what you should eat for breakfast. It's <laughs> <laughs> you just got to keep grinding and, you know, you're going to learn a bigger lesson out of it if you just, you know, stay the course and then just work through it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I appreciate, I really appreciate you giving those pieces of advice. That's all the questions I have for you today. Do you have anything else before we wrap it up? No, that's everything. Again, the last thing I want to do is I want to thank you for having me on this. Like, this was a lot of fun. Um, again, such an honor. Uh, I'm very grateful for you inviting me as a guest. And, um, you know, don't forget to, uh, to share with me, um, so I can promote and, 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 uh, put this on my Twitter and my Instagram platforms. And, um, yeah, so anybody in, in, in women's basketball, college coaches, high school coaches, fans, parents, spectators, uh, as well as other peers and student athletes, you know, you want to follow Tati's <laughs> podcast. This is amazing. So Yes, definitely. I really loved having you on. I liked being able to hear your perspective and your side of things as well. And um, I know you shouted me out to go follow me, but make sure you go and follow George as well. It's at GC3Hoops on all your platforms, right? Correct. Okay, at GC3Hoops. Definitely give him a follow. Um, it was amazing have you on, having you on again. I really appreciate it, and I really appreciate you sharing your story as well. So thank you. Likewise. Thank you again, and I appreciate you. And, um, hey, enjoy the rest of your weekend. we got a few more hours left before Monday. So <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Thanks again for coming on, George. Nice to talking. Nice talking to you. Likewise, thank you, Tati. Have a have a good one. You too. Bye bye. Recording stopped. The recording has stopped. All right, everybody. So that wraps up today's episode. It was amazing having George on here with me. I hope you guys all learned something. I know I did, and I always seem to say that after every podcast, but it's awesome just hearing everybody else's perspective and their side of things and their story and everything because everybody has a different story, you know? So it's pretty amazing. Um, George, again, thank you for coming on. Make sure you give him a follow at GC3Hoops. I know he's on Instagram and Twitter, which is the two platforms I follow him on. Um, but just make sure you keep track with this stuff. Also, make sure you share this podcast with your friends. That is all I have for you guys today. Enjoy um, the rest of your weekend. That wraps up episode 114 of the Tatiana Harness Podcast.